In honor of World Beard Day on September 1st, and in celebration of our one-year anniversary of being the Big Data Beard Podcast, we thought we'd bring you all something a little different. Every episode up until now, we've really focused in on the big data part of our name. We've talked with the founders, executives, engineers from startup companies to Fortune 100 firms that are all driving incredible innovation in the areas of big data, artificial intelligence, and the internet of things. But what about the beard in our name? We haven't really talked about that, have we? We haven't spent any time talking about these facial forests that are so much more than growing hair from our neck and faces. It's really a lifestyle. It conjures our creativity. It calls us into the wild. Thankfully, it catches crumbs from meals enjoyed from around the world. And it is such a point of pride that competitors, both men and women, clash for titles at the state, national, and global level of whose beard is best. And that, my friends, is why we track down Taylor Weldon, a former U.S. beard champion, industrial designer, and fellow rambler. In full disclosure, I have been uh, following Taylor on Instagram for a number of years and was lucky enough to have a chance meeting with him at Black's Barbecue in Lockhart, Texas. You are now listening to The Big Data View. This is our podcast where we explore the trends, technology, and talented people making big data a big deal. Taylor, where in the world are you today, buddy? That's a good question, man. Uh, great, great to be on the show, by the way. But, uh, you know, I, I ask myself that question every morning. Sometimes I don't know, and it's getting a little <laughs> bit weird. Right <laughs> now, I'm in, uh, in Grants Pass, Oregon, and I was in San Antonio and Austin yesterday, and soon I'll be somewhere else. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. So tell us a little bit about who you are and, uh, and what you do, man. So, uh, my full-time gig, the thing that pays the bills is I'm a, a gear design director for a company called era three up here in Grants Pass. And I'm a full-time employee and I, I work between Austin and here. And, um, that's the, uh, probably the least interesting thing about me, I guess. I mean, as far as what we're talking about today, but I mean, I, I love it. It's uh, it's problem solving using products that uh, that people get to use, and I really enjoy it. So, tell me a little bit about Era Three. So, what kind of products are we talking about here? So, right now, um, Era Three. If you go to the website, it's Era Three dot com. Um, it's hard goods and uh, apparel. And right now, um, Era Three is in the very young stage of uh, of our company, and that's partially why um, they brought me on is to design a whole bunch more products. Um, it's been around for a few years now, I think since 2014, um, I recently just joined on and, uh, we're going to be making products, um, that range from outdoor gear to travel gear, to firearms, to firearms, accessories, um, to all sorts of everyday carry gear and, you know, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, currently working on right now. That's really looking awesome. Oh, very cool. So I, if I remember correctly, you've designed some, some interesting products for, for other companies in the past. Did I, did I see that you worked for, uh, was it Magpul or you did some work uh, for those guys? Yeah, I did a bunch of products for Magpul. I was uh, in-house for about two years with Magpul as an industrial designer. Um, I did all of their uh, DACA collection. I worked on some of the gloves and some of the accessories and stuff like that. You know, I had a little hand in all that stuff, but, um, but yeah, I did a, a, like all, a bunch of belts for them, uh, gun belts, everyday travel belts, a um, whole bunch of stuff. I mean, in fact, I, I kind of forget about all the stuff I did for them. That was awesome well, working for them. 
It's funny you say the DECA. So I've got a bunch of the pouches that I picked nice. up recently. I needed to man up my uh, my carry game for all my cables and dongles and all the stuff to do. You got to carry in your backpack. And I was like, I need like a manlier bag because I'll be honest, my bag for a while was a bag that like was one of those free giveaways from, mm. uh, you know, an international flight. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was not manly at all. <laughs> I got a lot of grief over it from the guys on the yeah, team. Man. All right. So, yeah, the DACA is so, basically like the manly version of a Ziploc bag. That's exactly what it is. It is brilliant. I love it. That's it's awesome. So I, so I got to ask you travel and a lot of your work, obviously, uh, your gear, your design, like a lot of that's travel inspired. Is it all like, is all your work and rambling around? Is that, you know, all work related? There's, is it mostly personal? What's the balance there? So yes and no, you know, I always try to, if, if I'm going to travel somewhere for pleasure, I try to in- incorporate work into it and not in a boring way. Like, um, you know, if I go to a different country, different state, different city, I'll try to find a factory there or another brand that's doing something cool or, you know, a hardware supplier or something and just go in and visit. Like, um, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, but I went over to Austria to uh, compete in the World Beard and Mustache Championships. And um, while I was in Austria, I figured, you know, I set this up ahead of time. There's this... Uh, buckle manufacturer called Austria Alpen and they make the best buckles in the world period hands down no question really? they're insane they're like $35 a buckle and a lot of bag companies well not a lot some bag companies are using them on their bags they're about $35 each and they support 2000 pounds each um so while I was over in Austria you know that's a fun trip I was like you know what first stop landed at the airport drove 3 hours to this factory and got to see them making these buckles and, you know, got to swim in a giant, you know, like Scrooge McDuck style, like <laughs> giant room full of buckles. It was awesome. Oh, that's a Scrooge McDuck. That's not a reference <laughs> we get every day, but I totally get it. <laughs> that's awesome. So dude, I, I will say like when I'm, when I'm watching some of the, the travels and the places you go, I feel like you intentionally end up with in some pretty rough sort of experiences with some rough characters. Is that like, is that required to be a rambler to officially call yourself a rambler? Like you got to seek out the roughness, man. I don't know. I I've always found pleasure in it and I've always, I don't like the polished parts of town. I don't like the polished people. I, I like seeing the, you know, the grit underneath and my whole life has sort of just found my way there. I don't know how, if I attract it or if I seek it or a little bit of both, but that's usually where I end up. And I, I find, um, that's the most fun and interesting. And, you know, I, I, there's some quote that I heard a long time ago. Between the two, if if you have a choice between two evils, choose the most interesting, and that's sort of the way uh, I go with it. <laughs> At least have a story to tell and and a life experience to look back on. Yeah, it's like you'd rather uh, rather live a good life than a long life, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, good for you, man. <laughs> I think that's why we. Uh, that's why I'm such a fan, because I think we have a lot in common that way. Hell yeah. Um, so, so, so obviously dude, we talk, you know, most of our shows have been very, you know, tech focused and I'm curious, like as a, as an industrial designer in the, you know, what you're trying to accomplish in terms of product design and, you know, relevance to customers, do you see any impacts in, in your particular field around, you know, this big data and artificial intelligence trends that are in the market? Well, you know, I will say that there, there has been discussion of incorporating, artificial intelligence into the process of industrial design, which is, I think, really um, a human-based um, process. And that's because 
you really like there's a whole Henry Ford thing, you know, that I'll go back to this was his super famous quote is if my clients asked me what, um, if my, if I asked my clients what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. So it takes this little gem of, of brilliance to see what a person really wants in their life. You can ask them a hundred different questions and say, you know, should this be bigger? Should it be faster? Should it be cooler? You know, should it be red? You know, whatever. And, they're just going to say, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But it's really kind of looking into these answers and these looking into their lives and finding out this little thing that no one's thought about and how to incorporate that into their lives. So I have heard about um, ways to incorporate artificial intelligence by basically studying humans and then you know finding this answer through, through algorithms um, that will create a product or a solution. And it I don't necessarily know. I mean, it would put me out of a job, so maybe that's why I don't like it. But uh, I think it loses that human element, which is really super important. You know, it's it's the reason that people literally pet their cars. I mean, you've seen it. We've all seen it. People are like running their hands over across their cars and like, oh man, it's it's like why people love like Apple products or something. They're like, they hold it and they lust after it. You know, I don't think that artificial intelligence, at least at this point, I don't think it can achieve that sort of human connection to product and technology, um, but it may eventually get there. And that's kind of yeah. scary. It is. Well, I actually think it's, uh, you know, candidly, we talked to, we talked to some of the folks that are like literally the, the innovators in developing artificial intelligence in the enterprise. And mm. one of the things that, su- that surprised me that hopefully makes you feel better is most of them generally say that AI in it's the form that you're thinking of, which is, you know, purely autonomous kind of creates things of a, you know, very human nature. They generally think that we are mo- like years, if not decades away from that ever being real. But mm-hmm. what they, but what they do believe and what I think is where hopefully I think it means that you still have, and a lot of people in roles like you will still have jobs, but will just make you better is where AI can act as like a decision support system where it can say it can catch trends on a larger scale than you would ever have the time or, you know, mathematical capability to, to find, but that could help you kind of point you in the right direction of the process. I think that's where I'm bullish on AI in the design world or any sort of creative is how does it make you like, how does it make your process better? Right. Right. Yeah. And I would definitely support that idea. I mean, Anything to make my life easier. And like you said, catching trends ahead of time, that'd be great. I mean, if there's a bot out there that's catching even a single word that's coming up in discussion about an X product or, you know, X line of products or, you know, one type of hobby or something like that, that would, yeah. that would be really useful. Sweet. All right, man. So I, I want to, I want to shift gears here because obviously we've got this world big beard day thing coming up, which is a big celebration globally. We're going to try to get some friends together. You clearly are a very popular character in the beard world. So I, I got to ask you, man, like we got to start at the beginning. Why did you start growing a beard in the first place? So it all started with a mustache. Oh, <laughs> all good. Things. It always does. <laughs> So, I mean, back when I was in middle school, even, um, and I've told this story before, I mean, back when I was in middle school, I could grow facial hair like like no other, like a beast. And back then, for me, it was a little bit weird, and I felt a little bit insecure about it because all of my peers around me, 
you know, they, they're not growing facial hair. So I'm, you know, shaving with, you know, a big razor before school, just so I look like the other kids, uh, because, you know, you're going to look different and everyone's trying to look the same and, you know, fit in and all that stuff. Um, so I, it started out a little bit weird for me and, um, going into college, um, I, I grew like short, you know, versions of facial hair, maybe the, uh, um, a mustache or maybe the, uh, what kind of thing? It's like the, we call it the horseshoe sometimes. Um, you know, and I went through all these different styles and phases and never really committed too hard to one specific, you know, just change it up, change it up, change it up. And then after I, um, graduated college, I took my first design gig down in Orlando, Florida, which I don't recommend to anyone that's listening. Um, but I grew a mustache out and I had a big curly mustache and, you know, just thought it might be fun, might be cool. I could grow facial hair really fast. So it wasn't, you know, that huge of a commitment to me. But then once it got longer, I, you know, I kept it. And I remember the first day of my interview walking to meet the, uh, the CEO of that job and walking up to meet him in the parking lot. And he said, never mind, you have the job that's before you just you just saw my mustache and he goes nope never mind you're cool you have the job and i was like wow. okay well this has some sort of positive impact this is cool i f-. and i mean brian nelson who's the president of our club uh, which we'll get to later he always says that it makes him feel the most normal when he does have facial hair and that's how i feel like I'd, people say it's like a mask or a costume i'm putting on for me getting rid of it is that's what would feel like a costume to me. So all that being said, I had this mustache and then I moved to Austin, Texas. And, um, the way that it really all started, I guess you could say is I competed in one like little bar, uh, competition. And it was down in a town called new Braunfels, real small, little tiny bar. I don't even know the name of it. And I, th- I think I ended up winning first, but it was like six people, you know? <laughs> and, yeah, You're a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, exactly. And I, I had a pretty big curly mustache, to be fair. Um, uh, probably the biggest that I had seen, and you know, ever. Um, and that's before I really dove in. And I was actually helping my girlfriend at the time work this uh, the stand at the farmers market in Austin, and uh, she was employed by some company, and they had a stall, and I was helping her. Super hungover one Sunday morning, and. Uh, I see this dude who I've seen around town and everyone kind of knows him, uh, Brian Nelson. He's the president of uh, Austin facial hair club. And basically at that point, I just knew that he was a dude around town. He has a beard and he's hard to miss. His beard goes down to his belt buckle braided up and all that. And I see the dude and, uh, he walks over the table and I was like, Hey man, how's it going? Good to see you. You know, my name's Taylor. He's like, Hey, cool. And if, if you don't know Brian, his delivery is unique. Um, a little bit of comedy mixed in there. And you know, he's always sharp he's thinking. Deadpan. Yeah, super deadpan. But you know, he's like six steps ahead, which is kind of confusing at first if you don't know him. And he, he walks up and he goes, yeah, well, cool. He's like, so uh, nice mustache. And I was like, cool, man. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. Nice beard, dude. And he's like. I was like, it's awkward. Okay. So just silence. I'm like, okay. Um, Man of little words there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very few words. 
And he's just standing there. We're standing there in silence. And I'm like, okay. He's like, so uh, you should come with us to Norway. And I'm like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? What, what's Norway? Who's us? What? What is this? What? It's a joke? Is there cameras? I'm like, what do you mean? And he just, he laughs again, just holds the silence. He's like, beard club. <laughs> it's like, beard club? <laughs> That's your, your answer to go to Norway? I was like, what, what does this mean? He's like, and he tells me that there's a um, an Austin Facial Hair Club meeting the next day um, at, you know, this bar called Rio Rita in Austin. And I should come check it out. And I was like, all right, you know, we're talking about going to the world championships in Norway. Uh, this guy is telling me I should come. And I, I figured, you know, I'm a weird dude and I'm into some weird stuff. And if I don't like it, if people are jerks there, I, I'm not obligated. Uh, so I went and I showed up and everyone was cool. And that's been, uh, it's been all she wrote since then. <laughs> I, I dove nice. in deep. <laughs> so it's not a mask. It is. That is your, that's the real face. And I kind of agree with you as have, having had a beard for, I guess a full beard, like proper committed full beard for about five years now. I, mm-hmm. I generally think that I would feel super naked if I were to lose this bad boy. Oh yeah. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you real quick. So I had a, I had a dream the other night where I shaved half my beard, woke up convinced that my beard was gone, freaking out for a little bit. <laughs> and I've only had it for a year and change. So I can't imagine kind of the commitment and just, you know, it's, uh, the attachment to it after having it for five, six, 10 years. Oh Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I definitely have the nightmare dreams um, about getting it shaved off or the piece getting ripped out. It's yeah, yeah. Nightmares. I'm having. I'm in. Uh, I'm. We've been in South America for the last week, and so I've been on malaria pills. So I'm having some Ugh. crazy nightmare dreams. So, I, so I got to ask you. So, as a as a, as a dude has been committed to a beard for a long for a long time, got a, a proper one. Yeah, what what kind of grooming do you have to do to keep that thing to keep that that mane under control? So simply put, um, barbecue and whiskey. Oh, <laughs> just you're speaking my love language right now. <laughs> Sold. I'm there. <laughs> so, so it's funny, you know. I, I get that question a lot, and there's there's a lot of products out there, um, and they're all great products. And there's a lot of people that use them, and I, I don't give anyone shit for using them. But generally speaking, I'm one of the least high maintenance when it comes to my beard ever. Um, I wash it and shampoo it just, and I just use shampoo and conditioner that I would use on my hair and I shampoo and condition it, you know, about the same amount that I shower and wash my hair. Um, I will say in the past several years, the one thing that really stood out to me, that was like the biggest breakthrough and grooming and conditioning was I use a, a boar's hair bristle bristle brush in the morning. And that gets rid of like that whole like bedhead. You got beard head, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um it's like all wavy and curly. And I just like run that through like four swipes in the morning and it's done. Um, you know, it's it's pretty simple. Um if I'm in a climate like uh, the you know, the desert or um, somewhere super cold, like Iceland or Alaska or something, I'll just throw in some, um, uh, beard oil and that sort of keeps it, you know, healthy for the day. Um, but that's really all I do. And you don't, you don't have to add much. I've seen some people thinking beard oil is going to make their beard way better. And the thing is, you know, shining, it's like dripping wet, but you just add a little bit 
and that's all you need. Yeah, so again, I, I've only had a, a beard for a little bit of time now, and I'm getting more into what some of those products are. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned a few, and you know, I'm, I'm very uh, low maintenance as well. But can you recommend what's your favorite grooming product out there? So there's a few different brands that I like to use, um, and uh, there's Mountain Man Oils uh, from. He's actually a member of the Austin Facial Hair Club. He makes our that stuff. Uh, the Bearded Bastard. Um, and Grave Before Shave, they're all really great um, beard products that, uh, you know, you can't really go wrong with any of them. They all have tons of different scents, and that's a big thing for me. I don't like, uh, like, really, like, bright scents. I like some of, like, the, uh, like, uh, more woodsy, um, musky oh, yeah. type things. Earthy. Earthy, yeah. And yeah. so that's, that's the ones I go for, but any three of those brands, I really, I really dig. And actually uh, grave before shave is a sponsor of our upcoming, uh, uh, contest here in February. Oh, that's excellent. So I, I, did I, I don't know if I've seen you on the, uh, are you familiar with Jimmy Niggles and yeah. the, uh, beard season ambassadors? Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those guys. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I got my beard season skin check last year. They found a suspicion looking little spot, but for any of you beard growers, uh, you know, out there, you can, if anybody asks you why you're growing a beard, probably not a bad idea to tell them, you know, one, that's awesome. Two, have you had yourself checked for skin cancer? Cause yeah. it's a, uh, it's a nasty thing out there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, do you, so you said your team, so you have some folks in the club that make products, so you don't really get into making your own beard oils or anything, do you? No, you know, I, I, I was making my own wax for my mustache a long time ago. Um, and I was kind of playing with that, adding some sense to it. And, you know, uh, it, it's not too hard, but to get it really perfect, it takes some, some effort. And then I realized when I was competing that I shouldn't use wax. I actually switched over to hairspray. Um, so then I sort of it got rid of the whole reason to, uh, to make wax. Um, and I'm definitely not going to be making hairspray. That's going to be a, that's a whole factory situation going on. Um, but, uh, but yes, yeah, so that's kind of why I stopped is for that reason. Oh, no, that's, that's interesting. Um, so you, you can grow a beard very well, uh, from a young age for those of us that have trouble, but still want to aspire to have a nice beard, patches are an issue any recommendations on covering patches or what to do with patches so that's a a really good question that's one that we get asked a lot and the one question or the one yeah the one question that i asked the people that asked me that is how long have you ever let your beard grow for without trimming it and our, our club motto is don't shave which obviously makes sense just don't shave is the answer but um if have you ever let your beard grow for one year without trimming at all not for one year. For yeah. I think I, the longest I've gone is six months, and then I got it trimmed up for a conference I was speaking at, and the uh, barber went a little, um, you know, deeper than he should have, mm-hmm. and then the patches were re-exposed. So yeah, yeah, I did notice that after those six months, a lot of those patches were covered over. Nice little yeah. beard comb over. Yep, exactly, and that's that's what it does. You know, fills in those those patchy spots, and uh, that's really the way to go. And, and uh, the second thing about that is a lot of people say, oh, I can't grow a beard. It's too itchy. It's uh, I, I tried for, you know, for two weeks or two months. And the real answer is to that one is you have to let it grow for six months. Uh, you know, for the first two months, it's going to be patchy or sorry, not patchy, but um, itchy. And it's because if, if you imagine a, a, one of these facial hairs on an individual level magnified down, 
when you chop that, when you shave or chop it down, it comes out like a cylinder, like a really fat, you know, short cylinder with a, with a flat top on it and edges the whole way around, you know, sharp edges meeting at, you know, at angles, it's really sharp angles. And, uh, these cylinders, if you try to bend that, you know, short fat cylinder over, it's going to point straight back up. You know, you can't bend it. These are much thicker than your head hairs. And the longer that that gets, um, you know, once it gets to a certain length, it'll start bending over and that edge is going to be going up against your skin and cutting your skin and, you know, irritating your skin. But then once that gets a little bit longer, your, your hair, you know, it's, it's going to start rubbing down and those edges are start going to, they're going to start to disappear and they get softer. You know, everyday life is like sandpaper on your beard hair and it starts to not curl in on itself and touch your skin. It's going to start flowing down. And then, then you start getting rid of that itchiness. So it's really time that gets rid of itchiness. There's really nothing you can do. Just itch it, you know, if you want. Um, but two months, you know, two to six months when you'll stop seeing that itchiness happen. So I, so one, I, I agree. The time is huge. Um, two, that's the, the, the oil is actually one of the things that helps, I think, soften that. And even mm-hmm. some of those products, they, uh, they help with the, you know, the underlying, like not infection, but like the antiseptic nature of kind of calming down the skin cells. That's super helpful. It's super helpful for me to get through the early stages. The second thing though, I'll say about growing a beard is like, you, if you're married or in a relationship, like you got to have a significant other that's willing to go through that like mm-hmm. six month phase with you. And Brett makes fun of me because I'm an old married guy and I've, my wife is totally good with it. And partially she's figured out that, you know, I made this big data beard thing. <laughs> and so now I can't, I can't shave. Cause now it's like its own brand, but the, uh, but Brett calls his, a, uh, I'm in, I'm what's called a married beard and Brett has a, a relationship or a dating beard. Is that, do you, do you think he's a, is that an excuse that we can allow? I, I, I think so. I mean, I think you're, you. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think your significant other should let you be you. Um, as long as it's not crazy and hurting them, which I guess in this case, it might technically hurt them. Um, true. Irritate them. Maybe is a better way to say it, but right. yeah, I mean, I, I would even argue, yeah, that's a real, the real test is if you can grow a beard while you're dating someone and then they deal with the fact that it's going to be hurting them versus when you're in a relationship, sure, you already got one. They don't have to, that's the real test is when you're growing one out because that's going to, that's going to hurt their face or other it's parts. A, it's, a test, it's a great tester. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, man. So we we're growing our beards now we get into this world of beard competitions and I'll, I'll be fully honest. Like I, this didn't even come into my awareness of the world until probably two or three years ago, about the time that I found you on Instagram, that this was a thing. So you got to tell me like, what, what is a beard competition like at a high level, man? So I will say fun is the number one answer. Like that's if one, in one word, fun, interesting, unique, um, and different eclectic uh there's people from all sorts of walks of life you know there's lawyers there's software engineers there's uh scientists there's product designers there's graphic designers there's trash men there's stay-at-home dads there's i mean it's every single walk of life there's women um and 
they're just yeah, they're just a lot of fun. And everyone's there for the the same reason and it's not necessarily to win trophies. You see these guys come in um that that's their main focus, so like I'm here for the hardware and then you don't see those guys show up again because that's if you're just there for that, you know, they just stand in the back of the crowd and just awkwardly you know, don't talk to anyone and just and then they lose because they have terrible stage presence and you know they're it's that's not what it's about it's a nice perk if you do win that's always great um but it's more about the fun and the camaraderie and the friendships you know i have friends now around the world i mean like you mentioned jimmy niggles he's he's my homie now like i if i go down there i can hang with him uh when he came to austin he hung with me i mean it's it's wild they're a lot of fun and uh yeah, I can't express that enough how fun they are. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, so tell me where the so where do the big competitions happen? I'm uh, like where in the US and then what's the big like global stage? So, there's um there's all sorts of contests around the US. I mean, if you look online, there's probably one in your hometown this weekend. Um there there there's at least a contest a weekend in the US nowadays maybe maybe three or four. In fact, it gets difficult to try to choose uh, which one you're going to go to because there's three really cool clubs holding three really cool contests. Um, and you know, they're all around the, the country. There's the East coast championships there's the West coast championships, Southeast championships. I mean, there's, there's all these big ones, but um, as far as in the U S goes, any contest is equal that, that, is a hosted by a club. Um, they're all a lot of fun. Some have a, a bigger turnout than others just because uh, people have been going to that, that contest. I, I will say that ours is one of the more popular contests in the United States, the Austin facial hair club, uh, come and shave it. This will be our 13th year coming up in February. Um, so that's a, a well-known one, but you know, any contest is equal to the others. There isn't like a rating or ranking system, you know? Um, but that being said, there is the, the national championships, which, um, are currently on hold while, uh, they're getting, um, revamped, I guess a little bit. And, uh, you did say former national champion, by the way, I got, I do have to correct you. I'm current national champion. <laughs> See, okay. So I, I apologize. I couldn't find where, like where the they had recently been published, and I was going back and trying to figure it out. I was like, dude, if I say raining and then I'm wrong, yeah, like I'd rather I'd rather go that way. I'd rather have him correct sure. me up than down. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, no congratulations. Yeah, Congrats, by thanks. the way, raining champion. And it's and I'm raining because there hasn't been one since. But uh, excellent. The plan is, I believe, to uh, have one in uh, 2019 for the uh, national championships. Excellent. Um, so, but, go ahead. Yeah, Taylor. So. What goes into preparing for one of these competitions? What do you have to do to prepare for it? Oh man! Other than the whiskey and the and the the beef, right? What else? Yeah, do to I was gonna say bring an extra liver, but um, so so you can be as casual or I guess prepared as you want for some of these, and sometimes they require more planning. Um, you know, I'll I'll go to a contest in you know Charleston, South Carolina. Um, that's one that I, I like to go to, um, and that's in May. I forget the exact weekend, but you know I'll fly in on Friday, compete on Saturday, 
uh, have some brunch on Sunday and then fly home. And, you know, sometimes guys wear costumes, sometimes, uh, depending on which category you're in, you require hours of preparation to style your beard. Um, but you can, uh, you can just roll in and, uh, put on whatever simple costume or no costume, um, and then compete. You know, it's, it's really all over the board. Some of these guys take six to 12 hours to get ready. I mean, they're, and they're masterpieces, of course, but um, for me, I do the, uh, generally speaking, I do what's called full beard styled mustache. So the night before the contest, you go have fun, get a little too many drinks with all the people that are in town from around the country or the world, and then um, wake up that next morning, shake off a hangover, and uh, style up. For me, it takes maybe an hour tops, and uh, compete, have a good time, and uh Shake off the hangover the next day. It sounds so much more enjoyable than like a bodybuilding competition. I, I'll yeah. be honest. Like yeah. you, you have to like dehydrate yourself. You have to work out. This <laughs> is a lot more enjoyable. Something that I can get myself into. Yeah. Uh, what's your yeah? What's your favorite and probably your least favorite as well? Beard style out there. Ooh, favorite and least favorite. Man, that, that's that's a tough one. Um, favorite. You know, I quite like the full beard styled mustache um, because there's a few reasons why. And I think it's because, you know, when you think beard contest, you think big beards, I think, generally speaking. You don't think of, you know, the smaller mustaches, which, by the way, are equal. They're not, nothing is better or worse than another style. Um, That's one thing that we promote heavily. You know, some dude might see me on the street and I have, you know, a big beard and he might have a two week beard. Like mine is not better than his. It's not like I'm some alpha compared to him or something. It's just like, Hey, what's up, man? Great beard. Um, but I like the, the full beard style mustache because it requires patience for growing a big beard. So you have that aspect down and for, you have to grow a big mustache, but then there's also an aspect of styling where there's full beard natural, which again, it's its own uh, its own thing, and there's no disrespect towards it. But there's no real styling at all. You just roll up, brush out your beard, and then walk across the stage, and that's cool. And I'm jealous of those people all the time. But uh, with a styled mustache, you have to style it up, make sure it's perfect. So there's an element of the natural, and then there's an element of the style, which I think is uh, pretty cool. Um, Now, when it comes to least favorite, I don't necessarily know if I have a least favorite um, due to the style. However, and this has been a personal little battle of mine, um, and and I'm seeing change made. They've actually, some of these contests have actually been changing the category name. Uh, It's called the Musketeer. And I'm allowed to hate on this one a little bit because I've been a Musketeer. in the past and I've competed at with the musketeer at the, uh, national, uh, state or city level and the world level. Um, and the reason that I don't necessarily like musketeer, no disrespect to the people that do this at all, but when you say musketeer, you have this concept in your head of what that means. And what that means is, you know, you're thinking a French musketeer, I believe they're French. Um, and that's, you know, it's a mustache with a goatee. And then you got the big floppy hat. You got the ruffles. 
Uh, you got the sword and you got the bright colors and that's cool and all. But for me, when you're at a beard contest, the costume does have a part in it. You know, if there's an, if there's a tie, two twin brothers, they look exactly the same styled, exactly the same. And one is wearing flip-flops, jeans, and a t-shirt. And one guy is wearing a suit and tie. Suit and tie wins. Uh, just because he looks more put together. And people have all sorts of different creative costumes. And those are all awesome. And nothing against even a musketeer costume. But when everyone is wearing a musketeer to try to look the most like a musketeer, it's not about the facial hairstyle anymore. It's about doing this whole costume to look like a musketeer. And I'd never liked that. You know, we should be focusing on what they have on their face. And if they have a supporting costume of whatever kind, you know, they could pretend to be a doctor. It shouldn't necessarily matter. And that's, that's always driven me crazy. It's one of the only categories that's called that, you know, it'd be like if they called the um, uh, natural mustache, the soldier or something, which they don't, you know, but like everyone be wearing camo and they'd be carrying fake guns up on stage and then you know so i've tried to be to switch this over to be called the uh, the three points a lot of contests have actually caught on to that and they're calling it the three points which i'm i'm stoked on um yeah because i just just drives me crazy to see 15 people in the same costume trying to look like this cookie cutter image of a musketeer yeah so one of the things that um I'm a big fan of the full beard styled mustache as well. And that's kind of generally what I had gone with. But mm-hmm. my biggest, my biggest challenge with the styled mustache though, is like the everyday life, mm-hmm. right? Of whenever you try to let it grow and get the nice curl, like you can't really notch it. If you want to have a really good, solid, like curled up thick, proper mustache to go with it. Mm-hmm. How on earth do you deal with like the daily eating of sandwiches and just because literally every time I do, like I take a bite of a sandwich after like, you know, letting it go for a month and Mm. every sandwich I bite my mustache and it is incredibly annoying. Yeah. So that's, that's the really tough one. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, the real trick is letting it go long enough because if you have, two inches of hair that are hanging over your upper lip down, you know, even down over your lower lip, Mm -hmm. it's tough to pull that aside. And that hair is going to want to go right back down to where it was two inches, right back down. You pull it over right back down. But when it gets longer, three inches, four inches, then you can really start to pull it over to the side and it'll stay there. And Mm -hmm. the answer to your question is I practice eating every day. (laughs) (laughs) But it's still, I'm still trying to get there. I'm still trying to practice, but it's gotten long enough where I can pull it all the way to the side and then, you know, eat sandwiches are notoriously one of the worst and most difficult foods to eat when you have a long mustache. And then the other thing, if you're thinking about growing a long mustache, um, if you like ice cream cones, you can no longer eat them. It just, you, you cannot, like there's no amount of anything you can do. You can pulled it aside um i also noticed water fountains i was just in an airport uh was it yesterday yeah last night i was in an airport and i needed some water and it it just you just press the button and it just there's no water (laughs) going into your mouth and like you're like i'm holding my mouth open with one hand and pressing the button and leaning over and you're like looks like you're like making love to the thing and still no water getting in your mouth that's frustrating 
It's like a baleen whale. He yep. can't get in there. <laughs> exactly. So you mentioned you mentioned earlier that uh, that that women go to these beard competitions, mm-hmm. and and as I understand, they don't only you know go to you know be uh, you know folks who are watching and cheering folks on. They actually compete in this. What's what's the name for the women that compete in the beard contest? So we have uh, the we have creative um, mustache, creative beard and realistic beard and realistic mustache and they sound basically like what they are in fact there's there's even been men that compete in these categories but traditionally speaking it's for women um and the realistic ones i mean they look absolutely real i mean it's it's shocking these people aren't just going out to you know hobby lobby and getting a wig and just gluing it to their face, you know, like this plasticky looking hair. Like some people use their own real hair, you know, they'll, they'll chop their hair off and then, you know, make a beard out of it. Use, uh, you know, a significant other's beard that they've previously chopped off and make a beard out of it. And it's wild. I mean, they'll, they'll even dress up like other competitors, uh, and like do like a lookalike of them, which is pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> the doppelganger beard. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. There's some really good ones. Um, especially seeing the two standing next to each other. And, and then the creative ones, man, the, it's, it's insane how, like, I, I can't even express this. I, when I'm judging a, a contest and I'm judging a category like styled mustache, you know, there's a specific set of guidelines, which define what that means you know, must be mustache only. They can't have a goatee, can't have a beard. I'm looking for this and it must look like this, you know, or, you know, Garibaldi or, you know, any of these categories, they're clearly defined definitions that I'm trying to make sure that that competitor's face fits within these definitions and criteria, but looks the best within them. So you have this, you know, boundaries when it comes to creative beard or mustache, there's literally no boundaries at all. I mean, I've, there's like one contest I was judging. This girl made a beard out of uh, skeletons, like a uh, roadkill. And I think there was like 30 different skeletons in the beard. She had bleached the bones and everything. And it was this like intricate piece of work. And they probably spent 120 hours on it or more, something like that. Wow. And like, that's okay. Like, cool. So skeleton beard, I got that. And then some other girl walks up right after her, in fact, and she has this beard that it's like made of some sort of solid paneling or something. And there's a, what I assume is an iPad screen that looks like an ATM, um, like operating system. And I'm like, okay. And she walks up and there's some buttons on it and she goes, yeah, my, my beard's an ATM. Watch this. And she's like, okay, now click withdrawal on the screen. I'm like, okay, yeah, right. And I like go to click withdrawal and she's like, okay. And now press uh, $20. And I'm like, I'm pressing on her fake beard, you know, like ding, ding. And I press $20 and out comes a, a $20 bill with my face printed on it as a judge. And then she goes down the line and each judge gets a $20 bill with their face on it. I was like, what the hell? Like, and how That's do you determine which awesome. one of those is cooler? Like, what? Yeah, is it <laughs> what Max, decision Mad did you Max make? Beard? Yeah, which one was cooler? <sighs> I think I went with the ATM one because that just blew my mind. Now, if it was a real twenty dollars bill, 
hands down every day. Oh, yeah. Let's get some yeah. cash out of this and bribes, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, bribery is widely accepted and encouraged. You know, there's it's not necessarily cash bribes, but you know, you bring a, sh- uh, a round of shots up to the, the judges. Yeah. They're going to remember that if it comes down to a tie. And Grease some, the skids. Yeah. And some contests have even been um, allowing bribes in the form of cash, but it goes to the, the charity that's being uh, the you know the beneficiary for that night. So yeah. that's pretty cool too. That's awesome. So so quick question: What's your if you had to say one like one thing your favorite thing about having a beard? What is it? Mm, I think icebreaker. You know, yeah. it's I can go you know anywhere around the world, and people will. One, I mean, if some people are afraid of you, but maybe that's even an icebreaker in itself. Um, but you know, the amount of conversations I have that are stemmed just from that, you know, even if I'm in my own head that day or like not feeling well or and I don't want to talk to anyone, you know, someone will still say something. I guarantee it. You know, you walk down the street, someone's going to say something. Um, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> and, uh, and that's that's a cool thing, you know. It's this interaction with humans that you probably wouldn't normally have. Yeah, I've given more high fives to strangers with beards in the last year than I ever thought I ever would. So yep. you're absolutely right there. Absolutely. Um, so you're in Oregon right now, but you're you're based and live in Austin when you're there, mm-hmm. and it's August. It's hot. How do you deal with the heat with your beard? So that's that's a question I get a lot too. Um, I always joke that whenever we go to, uh, whenever our club goes to a colder weather place for a contest, we should get extra points because we're dealing with the uh, the heat in Austin. Um, but uh, but actually, I, I've read that it actually is an insulator. Um, it definitely um, keeps the sun off of your skin, which is great. It's basically uh, SPF one hundred or one billion. Um, because the the sun isn't actually touching that part of your face, um, so but the the insulator part is interesting to me, and I I've never found it to be hotter when I have a beard on my face, though I do forget what a like cool air blowing on my face, clean shaven, like while wet feels like. I bet that feels really strange. Like I can't even imagine what that feels like right now. Um, Mine's the problem is in the heat. I live in Alabama, which is mm-hmm. generally similar to Austin in many ways in terms mm-hmm. of heat and humidity. Mine is I'm stunned at what a funnel it becomes for the sweat. Oh like, yeah, I get this weird spot on my shirt, and I'm like, "Where's that coming from?" And then I look down, and I can just see it. Like yep. it's just a flow. It <laughs> just so, flowing through. <laughs> it's crazy. So talking about Austin, let's talk about the Austin Facial Hair Club a little bit more. So what exactly like? what's the club? I know you said their, their, their mottos don't shave, but, but what do you guys do? Like what's the, the hair, the facial hair club about? So the, the inside joke is that we're a drinking club with a beard problem. Um, but we're actually, you know, just a whole bunch of, uh, people, you know, men and women, uh, are the women in our club make up for a solid percent of our club. One of our, um, board members, if you will, uh, we have a woman for a board member, um, for an officer, I guess is a better way to put it. And um, we just have a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of uh, different people from different walks of life coming together for one reason. And it's, you know, it's less even about 
beards, if you will, at that point, once we're all together, just hanging out and talking to people that you haven't seen. We have meetings twice a month. Um, we have all sorts of different uh, events that are, you know, all sorts of different types of events um, all year round. We have a boat party coming up um, in about a week or two. Uh, we have a dog beard and mustache contest coming up. We have our 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 beard and mustache coming up, beard and mustache contest coming up in February, thirteenth uh, annual, and uh, we all, all these events they generally have a um, a charitable um, aspect to them. We work with different local, national, global charities that we raise money for, and we also raise money for our own members to uh, travel around the um the united states and around the world to uh compete in contests oh very cool man so i i uh if i remember correctly you're into queso making oh yeah for those for those folks that aren't uh familiar queso is the mexican cheese dip incredibly popular in texas uh so i'm a native texan i live in alabama now but i was born and raised in the state of texas and i gotta ask you a question your queso uh is it white or yellow queso Queso Blanco all day. Queso Blanco all day. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. And Anything? I, what's the standout ingredient in your queso? Uh, scorpions. Uh, excuse me? Scorpions. <laughs> all right. Hill Country Scorpions. And, Hill Country Scorpions. And I can say this with some authority, not to brag, but also the reigning best queso, best spicy queso champion in Austin. That's a big. That's a big title. Well, yeah, what, who's the governing body on that? I'm curious. Uh, the case off, and in fact, <laughs> there's, there's. I forget what, what, um, what year it is. It might even be the fifth year, sixth, seventh year, um, of the case off. And uh, we've been competing as the Austin Facial Hair Club for the the case off for several years now, and we've we, we've always just barely missed out on the first place t- title, and. Um, it was what two years ago now. So the case off is actually going to be coming up this Saturday at the Mohawk in Austin, and I'm really, really upset that I can't be there. I'm going to be traveling um, oh, to defend my can't title. Defend your title. Yep. So I, oh. I added all of these brutal peppers to it, and um, you know, it was kind of scary because the case off was growing in popularity. So previous years, you know, I'm just in my kitchen whipping this stuff up, and you know, there's other you know amateur home chefs and cooks making stuff up and then um i competed in the spicy category the the one year three years ago and uh i thought it was really good as a balanced flavor but the judges were like listen we love the way it tasted but we where's the heat we need more heat and i was like oh yeah okay all right fine you asked for it so i mean i i added like uh ghost peppers scorpion peppers uh, scorpions whiskey you know, all, all sorts of, I just went insane with it. Like it was probably more peppers than queso, but, um, that was two years ago when I showed up, unlike previous years, there was like restaurants there with like teams of chefs, like wearing chef's hats from like popular restaurants around Austin that I realized they want to win that title so they can put that on their menu, like best queso in Austin, you know, best spicy queso in Austin or, you know, whatever category. And, um, so I was up against these like legit restaurants and somehow pulled out the first place. And again, reigning champions because um, last year's case off, sadly, it was during the uh, 
uh, that like hurricane that like there's some storm that just rolled through and it totally canceled the case off. So there's all these people that made, you know, tons of queso, but they, they had to go but either way, two well, more, two years to have the title. Man, you are, uh, you are saving title bacon by, uh, some, some technicalities that I like. Yeah. So Taylor, it has been really fun to chat with you about, you know, your, your background, your history, how you came up with, uh, the courage to grow a beard and then how it's sort of shaped your, uh, your life over the last few years. I appreciate that. Now, although it's been a pretty personal conversation, we want to, want to go into rapid fire. You all should definitely check out Strata Data Conference happening September 11th through 13th in New York City. At this conference, you'll learn how data is driving innovation and transforming businesses. You'll hear from top minds of technology and leading companies like Airbnb, Google, WeWork, and Uber. You'll also network with thousands at the largest gathering of technologists and business leaders working with data. Save 20% with our passcode, PCBeard, at checkout. We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, but now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment we like to call Rapid Fire. Pew, pew. Let's do it. A little nervous, right. but I'm ready. No, they're not, dude. They're, they're harmless at best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What year do you think Skynet will go online? 2015. 2015 in a oh, different reality yeah oh, a different no. re- yeah we're, go, we're gonna go forward and then we're gonna go back to it oh that's the that's that's tops i like that what's the uh the last great book you read that you'd recommend to us um the one that i'm currently reading that i would recommend and i man i know the the guy's first name I, i'm actually literally holding a knife designed right now um which is the dpx hest um nut folding knife but his first name's Robert. I just can't remember his last name. It's uh, the world's most dangerous places. The world's most dangerous places. Okay. Yeah, he's All right, awesome. We'll, we'll put the we'll put the link in the show notes. What uh, what genre of music are you rocking these days? Hmm. I mean, I hate to be cliche, but I guess rock. Just yeah, yeah. Standard rock. That's good. Yeah, Black Angels. What? The Black Angels. There you go. Black Angels. Okay. What piece of technology? is currently making your life worse worse yeah my apple ear airpods oh really yeah tell me why i must have had a got a bum um set of them and i i traveled so much i didn't have a chance to return them within the 12 month return policy so i waited 13 months and they they die within like seven minutes of talking on them oh that sucks yeah that's not good. So what is your personal biggest money pit right now? Hmm. Gear. Gear? Yeah, gear. And just trying to make the absolute best, most efficient, lightweight, just best, in quotes, um, travel system. All right. So are you uh, are you going anywhere super interesting in the near future? I have to imagine this is yes. Uh, yeah. Um, in the very near future, and I think in a few days or in a week or something, I'm going to go to Colorado, um, which, you know, I've been to Colorado a few dozen times, but this time it's through some adventure, um, put together from a, uh, a PR firm that represents a whole bunch of really cool outdoor brands. 
And uh, they invited me to come, which I'm super honored that they invited me. And we're going to be doing this uh, like kayaking adventure, uh, hiking adventure, and then this thing called the Via Ferrata. Um, if you want to change your underwear, go have a look at um, photos of the Telluride Via Ferrata. And that's where I'm going to be in about a week. And you're hanging off the side of this mountain connected only by cables with like, I forget how many hundreds of feet down below to Rocky nothingness, where if, if you fall, you're going to become human salsa. Um, so that's going to be me in a, uh, in about a week. That sounds that's pretty rad. So, uh, next question, what show like Netflix or regular cable, if you still have that, what show are you currently binging on right now? Ah, man, you know, it's kind of embarrassing, but, um, the office, I just have it on in the background. It's just like, it's like white noise. It's not necessarily my favorite show, but it, you know, I'll catch myself laughing and it's, it's kind of good background noise. And I, I definitely enjoy other shows a lot more, but that's the one that's just been in the background. Yeah. That's a good one. We actually, we were watching that on the flight from, uh, from Sao Paulo to, uh, to Buenos Aires. Yeah, it's a great quality show. television. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite beard from history hmm that is a good one it's special for this episode we we used to ask it but then we found out that some of our guests weren't really beard aficionados they were more big data focused so we had to keep (laughs) like what they're like Uh, i don't know a blink and move on (laughs) yeah let me think here maybe uh yeah, Karl Marx. It's got to be Karl Marx. Karl Marx. There you yeah. go. All right. Uh, mostly choice. because of the two tone aspect of it. I always loved. Yeah. I just had to make sure. I was like, I'd pull it up a browser and I was comparing it to that. I was thinking <laughs> Karl Marx. It is. All right, man. It's been awesome. Where do people find you in the social sphere? Um. So on social media, I don't use the uh, the Twitter or anything like that, but I do use Instagram pretty regularly. Um. I'm on. Uh, it's just Taylor Weldon, and that's. Uh, T-A-Y-L-O-R-W-E-L-D-E-N. All right, man. Well, hey, Taylor, this has been a, a fun conversation, and I think hopefully a nice curveball for the listeners that have usually expected to get a big data talk. And finally, we had a good conversation about beards, beard clubs, beard competitions, and frankly, beard lifestyle. Taylor, we wish you the best in your travels. We hope to uh, we hope to find you at a beard competition. We wish you luck as you compete both in uh, in beards and uh, hopefully in the future to get to defend your uh, title with Queso. And thanks again for being on the uh, the Big Data Beard podcast. Yeah, thanks so much. Next time we run into each other, let's have some whiskey. And uh, thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Happy World Beard Day, everybody. Cheers. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you like big data and you like to learn. Well, we do too. And that's why we've partnered with O'Reilly Media. As a community partner for their incredible strata data and artificial intelligence conferences that are taking place around the world. If you would like a 20% discount on these conferences, simply use the promo code PCBEARD at checkout, or you can click the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard Podcast, 